They didn't kick yes, us off. Yes, I think yet. we had some fans as well. It was quite nice to uh, get the uh, get the social media going. Although I think I might have paid for them all. It might have, one of them was my mom. I think yeah, yeah. Right. My mom is always the one. I actually banned her from leaving Facebook comments on things anymore. So. But I feel like I should add: we are on Spotify now, Apple Podcasts, and then it takes a little while for it to get picked up by Google or anything because people have been asking me. So it should be on Stitcher, Spotify. And do, and Apple do we Podcast, need to do like so. the stereotype? We'd love it if you would give us a, rate us and give us a review because it helps people to find us and it helps our... <laughs> I don't know. That's what they all say. Does that help? It does. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, there you go. Listen to Sid. Um, today, we will be talking about 70.3 Worlds, Super League, Neom, Neom, N-E... We don't know how to say it. N-E-O-M. We're not 100% sure. N-O-E-M. Yep. Yep. N-E-O-M. Yeah. And I did an actual triathlon. So, Sid, yesterday I went and I did a sprint try at our local collegiate race. And do you guys have university try over there? Do you have collegiate race? It's like a, it's a thing here, but not that many people you know, know about I, I it. I don't actually, like we do have a big, relatively big, nothing compared to the US, um, British University Sports League. Um, I know I did mm. that when I was playing netball. We played different universities. And one of our netball girls was a triathlete. But at that point, I didn't care or know what triathlon was. So didn't really pay much attention. So I would imagine they would do races or at least have like a British Uni Championships. But I don't think it's the same as sort of the, the it's nowhere the, the collegiate the system size, in the US. Yeah. yeah, so I came up in collegiate club try, which is not NCAA, not like there are no scholarships, there's not money, right? It's just, but it's actually a pretty big, like Taylor Spivey came out of collegiate club try. Um, a lot of people, you know, it's pretty competitive. Rudy Von Berg did too. Uh so it's pretty big, it's pretty competitive, but it's still like not NC- now. And now they're trying to make women's NCAA and draft league. So there's like there's this weird like. Anyway, like at the race I was at this weekend, they did this NCAA ish draft legal event first with like thirty women, and then there was the regular collegiate race that okay. was like not draft legal that had so like two hundred people. And so it's just it's like this and weird dynamic right now. And how was it? Right the now. first race for you since Roth coming 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 back out of retirement since Roth oh for me oh I killed it COVID and stuff and traveling around the world to Kona and stuff (laughs) I'm guessing um so I was like (laughs) I I I still I still have I still owed the college kids I gotta say (laughs) did you wake up there the next day much like I did after Sigrail going I didn't think I'd done such a hard effort but I feel like I've been hit by a bus (laughs) off like no I actually feel great I feel great (laughs) the only thing that's funny about college try is that uh they're much much better swimmers oh okay like comparatively because they're all like old collegiate swimmers so for the first hundred yards I thought I was going to drown (laughs) (laughs) I was like oh my god (laughs) well you see so you you thought you were gonna drown um I thought I was gonna die on what day uh Saturday night because in Girona at the moment it's called the the fires of Saint Narcisse it's like a week-long or 10-day festival (laughs) and on Saturday night they have what's called a fire run basically and they Mm -hmm. it's literally people 
running through the street with either fireworks attached to them that are just firing off or like guns that are firing out fireworks or um, like a Catherine wheel, which spins and fires out fireworks on a stick. And they run through the streets and then everyone else runs through with them, trying to get as close as they can to the fireworks without actually getting caught on fire. I, <laughs> it's the most bonkers, craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, I was standing when it started about like 100, no, not that far, um, maybe 40 meters back from where the, the thing started, but in a packed crowd. Um, and I freaked out and legged it very early in the opposite direction as these like fireworks like came horizontally out from this tower, like across your head height. And I was like, what the f- actual? Um, and then it goes on, goes on forever. I think I saw uh, two firemen, uh, nothing like health and safety in Spain, <laughs> um, but it was mental. And then they do it all again next week. Huh. It's crazy. Crazy it's town. Like it. Yeah, it's mental at the moment in Spain. <laughs> oh, the other thing. The other, oh, what the other thing they do is, um, which is also a sporting competition and event, is human towers. So they oh. st- basically stack people on top of each other as high as you can go, and they have like it. Obviously, gets smaller kids going to the top, and they climb up the people that are already in the tower. And obviously, the little kid has a little helmet on, um, and they climb it. Little the helmet. Yeah. Oh, good, good. Yeah, good, exactly. Good. That is health and safety. And so they did that. That was on Sunday. And then on Tuesday, tomorrow night, they do the same, but they walk up the cathedral steps in this human tower. It's like freaking mental here at the moment. So, yeah, that's that was my kind of <laughs> weekend. This is going to be my like whenever whenever people are like, oh, San Francisco is so crazy. This is what happens when I like go back home and everything. <laughs> come I'll be like, no, man, come. let me tell you about Spain. <laughs> Just come here. It's mental. <laughs> okay. So, but one thing at the, uh, the college race I was at on Sunday morning, which was for work for USA uh, triathlon. Um, I was doing a thing. I saw Chelsea Burns who had flown like overnight back from St. George because she was in 70.3 worlds for Flora. And then she had to come and support her team because she's the co- one of the coaches. And I was like, man, see, then I felt bad because I had thought about doing that to go watch 70.3 Worlds and then fly. And I thought, no, that's crazy. That's committed. And she did it. That's committed. Yeah. That's impressive. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So then I felt like I should have been in St. George, you know? Yeah. To see 70.3. Because it was was good racing. You know what? You're letting the podcast listeners down because you weren't there. It was good racing. I I have to say, it was good racing. And being in Spain, it was great timing because I could – get some shit done in the morning and then sit down come 3:30 in the afternoon and just plow watch the uh watch the two races on both Friday and Saturday so I was very happy it completely wrecked my mornings it just took up all day <laughs> yeah. but yeah i actually do think and this is i mean we can talk about this a little bit more but 70.3 worlds is actually I like it a lot better than Ironman Worlds. I think it's usually more exciting. It's usually more dramatic. Like, there's more movement happening. There's usually better, like, more of a sprint fit. You know what I mean? Like, there's more strategy and dynamics. And, like, it's usually closer racing. It's not just like, oh, look, somebody won by 10 minutes, right? Like, even though, granted, Taylor did win by 10 minutes. But <laughs> it's usually more. And I also think, like, that's fine. And I also just think that, like, you know, at this point, 70.3 is the most popular distance in the world. Um we do have dedicated specialists at this point. Like, and I think that's what you also like, sure. Let's set aside Christian because he's Christian. But other than that, like there are Olympic athletes who are struggle when they make the move up to long, right? Like Flora Duffy is like the one of the best two hour racers in the world and shorter, but she isn't 
I mean, she's obviously one of the best, but she's not the best four-hour racer in the world. She's not quite cracked it yet. Yeah. But Taylor is, like, one of the best four-hour racers in the world and kind of, like, you know, isn't as good at the two-hour. And so it's just, like, and then you have these, like, super sprint specialists now who are doing, like, Super League. And so I just find it fascinating that in this day and age, triathlons come enough, like, far enough along that... You can't just be like, oh, I'm a good athlete. I'm just going to win everything. That's, like, not really a thing anymore. Again, unless you're the Norwegians. But, yeah, like, mo- right. yeah, who can just, like, you know, go from Kona to Paris or whatever or Tokyo to Kona, whichever way around you want to look at it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was it was super exciting. <laughs> and um, the half distance is definitely has that element of faster, more dynamic mm-hmm. racing. Like you said, like, the full distance in Kona, it can be exciting, but it, it tends to be like that last 10 K or the last bit of the run. That's where things are moving. And we've had the whole day, which is more for many athletes about pacing and efficiency management. Whereas I think in the half distance, there's a lot more opportunity for athletes to be like, I'm just going all in and I'm just like going to haul ass on the bike. Um, or just like Taylor Hall, you know, and, and do you know what? So let's look the women's race. It, how cool was it that Lucy Charles wasn't out on her own at the front of the swim and that actually like Lottie Wilms was like, I'm going to yeah. actually take this to you. I was gutted though, that when they stood up out of the ramp, Lottie just didn't really seem to sprint across that line to get like that yeah. first. I was like, come on, you've done all the work to be right, right up there with Lucy. Just at least like one foot, you know, get that timing chip leg over the line. <laughs> and obviously Taylor was just like, oh, well, happy days. I'll sit behind the two of them as they, they fight it out. Sure. But that was super exciting. Um, and then obviously, yeah, Taylor just Taylor just sort of dominated. I mean, everyone keeps saying she's only 24, but like, let's be real. She's been doing triathlon almost as long as I've been doing triathlon, yeah. right? Since yeah. she was like eight. Yeah. Um, and there's very much something to be said for all these super young, you know, Gustav's 25. But, 20, like, they've been doing triathlon for a while, and they know what they're Yeah, like, like, like Sam Laidlow yeah. as well. He's whatever, yeah. 20-ish. 23, 23. something But like that, he's yeah. been doing it since he was, walk, you know, just starting to walk. And his dad has been, his parents were involved. And it's the same, I think, with uh, Taylor. Her mum, I think, was her mum racing mm-hmm. on the same day? As her well? mom was also yeah. racing, yeah. Her mom, I yeah. think, was, like, age group champion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is pretty cool. But yeah, so she's she's young, uh, but she's been racing a lot for a long time. Yeah, it was one of the more dominant. Per- I know, like Lucy here last year or in St. George last year it was pretty dominant. But obviously, I mean, not to belittle last year's worlds or anything, but this year was full blown worlds, yeah. right? Like this year in Kona, in St. George, um, I'm doing the New York Marathon this weekend. All of these things are like back now to like full, yeah. full fields, um, and that was one of the more dominant performances. At I mean. To ride six minutes into Lucy Charles, Paula Finley, and Flora Duffy is ridiculous, crazy, yeah, ridiculous. And to see yeah. and to be pretty in control, like she's. I think she said, "I was just riding to my numbers," which is scary. Yeah. Like that she was just, and you know, she got off and run again, fast, controlled, wasn't really under. You know, it was never under pressure. So I mean, it would be great to see. And we perhaps saw it a little bit in the previous seventy point three worlds when she wasn't you know, when Lucy was so far ahead, but it would be great to see what she could have done if there was somebody with her or chomping right. at her heels kind of thing. Cause she just, yeah, she pretty much took off on the bike. And I think there's a video clip of her like coming down from snow Canyon to the finish. And she's like, are they up the Canyon yet? Are they even like finished coming out? And they're like, no, <laughs> no, they're still like timing. Just, like, it's fine. You're okay. You're fine. fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> but then I will yeah. say like, I think, Go on. I mean, one of the things I appreciate and, like, obviously, we've talked about, like, 
it's almost like oh my god it's a whole new world of racing these days but that's really just because like we had this three-year gap but one of the things i do appreciate and i saw it happening kind of back at 2019 worlds which was the last back like big 70.3 worlds like in nice and i remember sitting there and realized like that was when daniella could not lose right and i remember realizing that every single one of the girls though out there wasn't like, oh, well, it's Daniela's to win. They were all just, like, putting it to her. And it was the same with, you know. And so it feels like that's carried over now. You saw it in the men's race. It wasn't like, oh, it's Christian's to win. It was like, no, we're going to make him. And you see it, like, Taylor's not scared of. I mean, she's lost to Flora Duffy, I don't know how many times. But she's not like, she's like, well, I can do this. Like, And, like, to your point, like, Lucy used to swim away with it. And now everyone's like, well, I guess I'll get, I'll practice swimming and I'll get better. Yeah. People, people have risen, you know. And look at Emma Pallant-Brown. Like her run, like yeah. she wasn't just settling in for, you know, you know, I don't know, no. fourth, fourth to 10th place. She ran through crazy run. I mean, she didn't even get the fastest split of the day. That was still Tamara Jewett. But her right. running just looked phenomenal and just, oh, I mean, like catching Lucy, what, the final mile, I think, or the final kilometer or a couple of kilometers yeah. and just... Cru- I say cruising past off as it wasn't quite like that, but yeah. Um, no, no, it I was mean, like 540 yeah, the, miles. But the fact yeah. that she was like, I'm still going for this. I'm still going to get on that podium. Um, yeah, it was pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. So the women's race, obviously the big fights were kind of for second, third, fourth. Yeah. Um, I was super, super happy for Paula. Uh, she looked like she was, you know, going to cry in the finish line. Super happy for her. Emma's run up into third was crazy. I felt, I mean, I was like impressed. Obviously, Lucy, you know, it's just like an impressive omnium there, yeah. like to hold it together. Uh, yeah, I think, and then, yeah, particularly coming yeah. off the back of like, I, I think a lot of people said, you know, why is she doing Kona? She'd be better like focusing, coming back off injury, focusing just on 17.3 worlds. And that was the rumor. And then obviously she put herself in Kona because she felt like she was in good enough shape and full credit to her to then back up. But like you said, I think just with the the amount of women that had purely focused on seventy point three worlds, she had to she was going to have to be fresh and on her A game. Um, and they yeah, they're obviously the three of them were just too good for her on that day. And I mean, Lucy also you have to respect, and it's like one of those like she and I know everyone at this level is gritty as hell, right? Like that's just true, but. Lucy will not like she won't give up. when Flora started right like she was back and forth or fit and then when Flora started to double over <laughs> like was running sideways like Lucy is not gonna like if you do that in front of Lucy like she's gonna claw her way back past oh, yeah, you and then gone. she got passed by Emma yeah. and she claw like she just like she never gives up which I am um, yeah. always impressed by yeah so. that's right and then like you know I'm you know super you know, Holly Lawrence six Jackie Herring and then super impressive let's say Nikki Bartlett because she has folk mm. she made a you know, made it a pretty public goal that for her, this was her focus for the year. She didn't race Kona because of it. And for her to come through, um, I mean, a great a great bike and, and run combo. And then and she just held off Tamara Dewitt, I think, by about like 10 seconds or something crazy um, at the end. Um, and then... Because Tamara ran like a 116. Tamara ran like a 116. So, yeah. yeah, she was a yes. minute, a minute 20 faster than emma Pallant brown which is just just crazy um and then Anne reichman great result for her top 10 and then i'm going to mention india india lee in 11th because that's uh what was it one two three four five brits in the top 11 (laughs) and i do think i do think india lee and i know it shoulda woulda coulda but if she hadn't been given a penalty which is dubious she'd have been in that top five mix i think for a lot of it 
And I think that would have been pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. You know what? I was looking at all the podiums, men's and women's, Kona 70.3, and it's like you have all these Brits. You have Americans. It's like Brits, Americans, Norwegians, Canadians, a French guy. There's only one German. Yeah. And you're like, man, yeah. what has happened yeah, yeah, <laughs> in yeah, triathlon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got maybe the – yeah. We've gone from the years of German domin- dominating the long distance. Uh, I think they'll be back. I think there's a few coming up. <laughs> They're probably, they'll be back. But there was this point. Okay, so in the men's race, obviously, the big excitement was Ben Knute took it to Christian, which is, was really impressive. And there was this point that when he came by Christian and Christian like did a double take over his shoulder because he caught up to him on the run. Yeah. As I think coming out of T2, he was like 20 or 30 seconds back. So he caught up to him and he did this double take. And I got to tell you, first off, all like you know i'm super pro-american and uh no, and everyone we no, were all going nuts no. i know shocking <laughs> shocking and we were all going nuts and i did tweet like what if americans are actually good at triathlon and everyone was like yeah what if? <laughs> hey he gave it a freaking good crack and like like we were saying yeah. like he wasn't afraid to no run back up to christian um and i think as you know matt liedo was saying on the commentary a fair bit like it's the best he's seen. Like Ben's had, I think Ben said it himself. He's had a pretty up and down year. Um, yeah. And so to see him come out and have like the swim and the bike that he had and then deliver that run. Um, I mean, it was a bit like, you know, Christian got what 5k to go. Just went, it was a bit like Gustav in the, in the world. He's like, all right, well, well we've had a bit of fun now. See you later. <laughs> so, well, I mean, it was the top of the, you've done that course, right? Yeah. It was the top where it goes downhill then to the finish, right? Yeah. That's where like Christian, which if I was Christian, I mean, I'm not, but like, of course that's where he's going to make his move. Yeah. And he ran like a 430 mile down, like on that part. And it's not like Ben, Ben ran like a 445 yeah, mile, yeah. like it was like a mile 11. Ridiculous. Yeah. Like, and you could see, cause ridiculous. I think, I think we were chatting at the time on like WhatsApp and Twitter and stuff. And like Christian's stride just almost like, elongated and exploded in length and he was just hauling it as only Christian knows how to do and that was the thing like Ben wasn't running slow he just yeah so yeah it was impressive and then obviously once he once it was set like I mean he was looking over his shoulder constantly and once it was like you know 50 seconds and he had it he was you know what's the word peace sign in the back of people's photos high-fiving people talking to the camera he wasn't taking selfies he was photobombing he, I think, hi- photo bombing high fived yeah. everybody in the last mile. <laughs> yeah, I have this theory. I think he's like actually like a really goofy kind of dork. Um, I think so. Like, I love him. He's like, yeah. and he just is like very, very good at triathlon. Yeah, he loves triathlon. He just loves it. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's like his favorite. Yeah, like wasn't he up at three? You know, at crazy o'clock yeah. on the morning of Kona, watching the uh, the WTS racing, knowing full well yeah. that. Brownlee and uh, Alex, he had gone like one, two, other way around. Uh, he was like, yeah, I watched it. And we're like, you were racing that day. He's like, yeah, but I love the sport. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Just loves it. Yeah. Yeah. And I did feel obviously Gustav uh, finally made the Norwegians look, not that they haven't, like, to be fair, like we all should be clear, like they have had bad races. Yeah. Christian looked bad at Dubai at the beginning of the season. Uh, Gustav is often like mid pack at WTCS races. Yeah. It's not un- so. It's not like it's not like they don't. It's not like yeah. they win everything. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But just but 99%. yeah, he uh, just ninety nine percent. But he did look. I mean, he looked. I mean, even before he dropped out, he looked tired. He, he did. just looked exhausted. He did. I think Kona and I, I think also like the media leading into Kona because they had a pretty heavy schedule, and then obviously they had a pretty heavy schedule. post. But not just that. Like just the emotional 
I physical. Think emo- I, think I think it's like people forget the physical, not just the physical, but the mental emotion when you've built yourself up to a race like Kona. And then, you know, when you've had that win, I mean, even for anybody doing the race, the mental hole that you can fall into afterwards is huge. But for him, like the high of winning and everything, and then having to like pick yourself back up to defend a 70.3 champion where you've got your best mate, teammate, training partner, absolutely like going for blood at your throat in every (laughs) session, I think, you know. And it was was like, it was, yeah, it was kind of, it was really sad to see. He just looked broken, like just looked distraught. Oh, he looked so sad. So distraught, yeah, yeah. He, um, I think it's even like, like, yes, Lucy came back and did the same thing and she was second. You could be like, oh, there's not, but I think there's just like a way huge difference between first and second in terms of the emotional toll coming out of Kona. Um, also, I was talking, I like, Luke, sorry, Lucy, I was going to say, Lucy didn't race Edmonton. Well, yeah, she didn't race Edmonton and she's obviously had like a lot of time off this year. So she said she, she wasn't as tired. But I was talking to Chelsea for a different story yesterday, and I just mentioned, you know, how uh, crazy how, and she was like, "I'm so tired, like I'm so <laughs> yeah. tired, like yeah. I, like it's just the tiredness, you know." Yeah. So it is. It's it's. I don't know how you do it. It's crazy, but um, and then I think like the other, the other person that looked super sad and dejected uh, was Sam Long, and I think you know. Well, yeah, yeah. I feel gutted for Sam. I think we got to talk about penalties, obviously. So Sam, all right, first off, I just come to my attention, Sid, <laughs> many age groupers do not know what slotting in is. So because apparently a lot of age groupers don't know what drafting is either, but that's a whole nother story. Well, okay. So we're not going to define drafting, you guys. We think you know drafting, but even slotting in. So you know how it's really annoying um, in the pro women's race when the you don't get enough start on the age groupers and the front age group men try to slot into the... So I said this to my husband one time. I was like, don't slot in. And he was like, what's that? And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. God damn it. So slotting in, Sid, we're going to define <laughs> right. it for our audience. Let's go. It's when people are a legal distance apart and you pass and then you go in between. Yes. Like in between two people who are legally apart. Because then you're effectively creating, like you're, well, you're effectively, you're effectively less dressed, you, than 12 meters yeah. behind the person in front of you. Yes. Yes. You're te- like, it's also... I mean, obviously, if someone's technically, if someone's like 15 meters apart and you slot in there, you would have to do it exactly legally. And it's still kind of a dick thing to do. Yeah. But if you are fully 12 meters. Yeah. Back. But the problem in pro racing, then, is when everyone's legally spaced apart, you can't just pass one of them. You have to pass all of them. Yes. You can't slot in. And so that's what Sam was trying to do. Yes. And he was in the process of passing the whole chain. And Jackson Laundry passed him, which, yes. again, like, is not. This is where it's tricky, right? You could see Sam look, sit up, look at the an official, and be like, what am I supposed to do? Because there's nothing illegal about double passing happening. In fact, in the age group race, it happens all the time, yeah. right? Everyone's always – like, it happens constantly. And as, and this is where it's, like, it's odd because technically the rule is that once Jackson passed him, he has to drop back. But also he was in the process of passing someone at the same time. So he has to complete that pass. But if Jack – And so, so yeah. he got a penalty. Yeah. yeah, he ended up getting a penalty, led, like maybe the letter of the law, though it's kind of unclear what he was supposed to do. I think, and I think a lot of people think, as long as Jackson continued the pass and as long as Sam continued the pass on the person he was on, like they should have just like... Yeah, let go. You know, let it let it continue. Partic- particularly yeah. like, again, I don't know how 
long the TO official had been riding with the men, that group of men's race. The group. But again, race awareness, they should have been able to see that Sam was clearly the mover from second last in the, not quite last, but way back in the swim. And he was the one making the progression. And obviously whatever happened as he was passing the chain, I assume Jackson probably was following. Jackson ended up getting too close. And so right, rather and than really dropping oh, back, he went, oh shit, I need to do the double pass, which unfortunately then put Sam in that predicament. Um, and I think we all would have been like, I don't know what the f do you do. And you, I, I think, yeah, you just have to carry on and hope that Jack and yell to Jackson to keep moving quickly. Keep moving. Um, <laughs> and I mean, in the age group race, it happens all the time because you're passing very slow people yeah. at the same time, much faster people. And it just, and everyone just moved. And obviously yeah. age group race is different. Yeah. Whatever, and let, let, but... Let's say in that definition of slotting in. So you have, I'm going to get this wrong, 25 seconds to pass a person and overtake them if you cannot you can if you cannot if you can't you can't slot in but um as you pass the person your time starts again to make the pass of the next person so it's not like you have 25 seconds to pass the whole train you have 25 seconds to pass each person hence why also you shouldn't be slotting in because you can then keep going through through the chain train yeah right it um and now so we should also note that it's this whole like Iron Man. Obviously, it's been high. Obviously, that penalty yeah. got a lot of publicity. Iron Man has said that the penalty was technically for a slotting in infraction that happened off camera. It's one of those things that made ev- makes everyone go mm-hmm. mm, right yeah. mm, because the camera was on Sam for pretty much that whole passing of the thing. Um, and then even the idea that it was related to some other slotting in infraction not caught on camera, the acknowledgement is still that it was related to that whole incident, yeah. like that time period. So that's a little, that's just, that's a little weird. Yeah. But. Yeah. The other thing I would say, like, again, like for age groupers listening to this, and then this is where, and it hasn't been at that many races, but if the pro race is 20 meter drafting, but the age groupers are racing 12 right. meter drafting, this is where we have issues because then, and Matt, like the women are 20 meters apart. The age group men come past, think, oh, they're more than 12 meters. I can slot in, which means that female has to drop back 20 meters off the male. Right. And it should be just like, so hence, two day racing. Amazing. Let's just keep two it day that racing, way. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> um, the other the thing about two day racing is you have, a lot, you have a lot more cameras on now. Yeah. And I remember talking to somebody a couple of years ago about now that the cameras are on, everyone's going to realize how things are actually officiated and how much kind of like wiggle, like people just sort of eh, like, yeah, everyone's going to see, see it in real, what we've been saying yeah. happens. And there's going to, yeah. And there's always going to be more opinions and, and stuff like that. But you know, it, right. Yeah. It's good. I felt, sorry I, but I did feel terrible for Sam. Yeah. I will say, and I feel like this needs to be said. A lot of people, Jackson's getting a lot of hate on, online and in his messages and like i mean some of it's beyond proportional um and i think there is obvious like people said well it's possible if we're going to do these really strict interpretations of the rules the way they're written to force someone into penal- into a penalty and i think you know maybe that is true but i don't actually think that's what jackson i think jackson probably got caught was like oh shit i'm too close i need to pass or i'm gonna get a penalty yeah, i think so and that's probably yeah and unfortunately, yeah, um, Sam got the Sam got the brunt. And of unfortunately, it. it's five minutes, which five minutes seems like too much in these seventy point threes. 
Well, I mean, that's a whole other issue because then if you go to the PTO races, it's something like three minutes, which is like, it's like, whose rules are we, who's, what rules are we going by? And yeah, right. I guess, I also think if they're, yeah, I don't know, there's an argument, I don't necessarily agree with it or not, that if they are actually going to be giving out penalties, which they appear to do more so in those last couple of races, that it should be less. I don't necessarily agree with that because the whole point of a penalty is that the person has got, right. if it's if it's delivered correctly, they've got a advantage. And so they then, you know, that advantage should be significant enough to not, sorry, the disadvantage from having the penalty should be significant enough to affect their race because they've been seen to give. Yeah. But whether but five minutes is If right, five yeah, minutes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Agree. I was like, if five minutes is what it is in full, exactly. then it does feel like Maybe in the 100K or the half, it should minutes. be two or three yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Because yeah. 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 you're still not going to make up three minutes on the group without, like, blowing yourself up, you know, if you have to stop. Yeah. So. yeah. Anyway. anyway. I, I do think the principle of, like, is it an advantage should obviously be applied. Like, that's generally the rule in, like, most real sports where we have, like, well, real I mean, processes and real officials. Like, yeah. I'm going to go to team sports, but I guess that's slightly different. But in football rugby uh netball you play the advantage so right if the team that has been fouled had the foul against them is still having the advantage of play you carry on until that advantage is no longer right. and then you call the penalty so it's again like like so from an individual sport if the athlete does something wrong like leaves his helmet in transition and runs out on his exactly. bike <laughs> And has to then park his bike at the side, run back to pick up his helmet and run back. He's already been quite disadvantaged. <laughs> like, do we then need to give him a 10 I, second or whatever it is penalty, 30 second penalty? Yeah, because to be clear, with Magnus running out without his helmet, uh, the rule in Ironman is not an automatic DQ. Yeah. That's like the Olympic rule. Uh, the rule is 30 second penalty, if not. Yeah. I mean, and like, to your point, he's already been, it, just, it wasn't like he like rushed and like didn't have his helmet all the way on to try and make the group. Then yeah, he should get the 30 yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. He got more disadvantaged. Yeah. So. And just get, he afterwards, just get a lot of shit for it. Forever. <laughs> he said afterwards, he like had never done anything that stupid. And everyone was like, were you just really cold? Yeah. Were you really tired from Kona? Like what happened? It's just like, I just ran out without my helmet on. But, you know, we... I do think it was cold enough that people were doing, like, crazy. people were doing some crazy yeah. shit. And I think they were just, like, like, breezing. Well, I think it yeah. was also that panic that because it was so cold, they were going to take that bit longer in transition to put right. on extra clothes, but also that whole, I can't take too long because, everyone, you know, the race is going, even though everyone was putting on clothes. But, you know, you know, look, we've all done stupid things in transition. At Segrail the other weekend, I jumped on my bike and I wasn't even out of transition. I wasn't even over the dis over the mount line. Never done that before. It's all right in Segrail. Oh in Segrail, there are no rules. It's fine. <laughs> there are no rules. It's fine. I did a race one time where you were allowed to ride your bike all the way to your rack. Oh, that's amazing. Which was chaos, but chaotic. I can imagine. <laughs> it was chaos, <laughs> especially if you get like the racks when they're so close and stuff like that. I can just imagine, especially with some people's dismounts and mounts and stuff like that. Crazy, crazy oh, yeah. times. So. Crazy times. The other big race this weekend, I feel like we should mention uh, before we wrap up was Super League Neom. Neom. Yeah. Somewhere. We don't know how to say it exactly because it's all caps, but it's a city. Yeah. I can't tell if it stands for something. I don't know. It's just in the desert, isn't it? It's like just made of well, Yeah. Like, I know everyone's into like cap capitalizing everything these days anyway yeah is it a, so is it a brand is, like, is it a trademark <laughs> yeah is it a brand a trademark <laughs> i have this art so 
side point. I would have this argument with Iron Man and every clash. All everyone wants their thing to be fully ca- like all caps. I was just like, no, it's like, it's you like you're shouting you to do that. It's like when you shout in an yeah. email, you put it in capitals, don't you? <laughs> and like your branding problems are not my editorial problems. Like, no. <laughs> No. Anyway, anyway, there was a race in the desert right. and it was a Super League Grand Final with no volu- uh, not volunteers, that's wrong, no spectators because it was in the middle of the desert. Um, yeah. Well, it's in a half-built city because it's, so it's supposed to be like some big super city that's like the first, su- whatever. It's supposed to be like this planned development super city in Saudi Arabia. and um, But it's like not done. I think like... This might have been the first commercial flight ever to the new airport. Like, it's very... Yeah. So, they were, like, staying in tent cabins, which is which fine. Is, I mean, like, I fine. think they were pretty lush tent cabins, I will say that. I think it was a right, pretty, sure. pretty luxury uh, place. But it's also... So, there's, like, multiple things here, right? Because the development itself... Uh, I mean, obviously, people are allowed to spend their money the way they want. But it's on lands that were, like, tribal lands there. There are people who have protested it who have been jailed or killed or sentenced to the death penalty for protesting it. And... So then to have a Super League race there is just, like, this really – it's not a good look for triathlon, whatever you think. And then it obviously puts the athletes in a, like, very difficult position because, you know, they're on contract with Super League. They don't get to say yeah. no to a race. Yeah. Um, and it just wasn't – and then it was also, like, not a great look for triathlon generally to be, like, out in the desert with no spectators on a place that, like, has a pretty – you know, has all this, like, pretty terrible news. Probably not a great place. And let's and I feel like we have to caveat here. I am aware that the US has done terrible things. I am aware that the UK, yeah. the British has a long history of doing terrible, terrible yeah. things to people. Yeah. It's not like I get that there's it's not all black, but you have to try and make your best best possible choices at all times, right? Um so it's and like we're seeing this more and more and more, obviously, as that is where the funding is coming from in triathlon. Yeah. You have investors from and they want to use the sport often to project a certain image yeah or certain or yeah to encourage people into the sport in healthy ways in their community yeah that's the other like again like i understand it's complicated i'm not saying like because bahrain has done like some like the regime of bahrain has done some really terrible things that like that doesn't mean the people of bahrain couldn't benefit from like sports right like i get like that is a fair argument does that still mean that you want to put your brand all over uh, and like let the and because like to me it's just it's weird for me it's just a shame like this is the super, super league has done some amazing things like the coverage they're oh, racing yeah. the team the, the money they're putting into the short course racing um it, it just is a shame that it was a grand final like at the end of these four mm-hmm. weeks of four weeks of racing and you didn't have the opportunity as a crowd like you know you know, what was the, the first one was in London or something, wasn't it? Or, you know, but just yeah, like, it's been in like London, be Munich, like Malibu right. crowds. And I just feel for the right. grand, the grand final for the athletes sake, like give them somebody to cheer them along from the sidelines. I mean, they flew also Saudi Arabia flew in like a bunch of stars yeah. from other sports to clap. Yeah. I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. It was weird. Like, Two dozen, three dozen of the best short course athletes in the world raced for hundreds of thousands of dollars in a desert and nobody watched. Like, there was, it was just some tumbleweeds. Very strange. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like we kind of, it's a yeah. ongoing issue for it triathlon is. that's not going to, not going to go away. But particularly <laughs> with, re- with race <laughs> announcements coming yes. up that we know are coming. <laughs> Couldn't possibly say. 
um finishing before uh, there is another race and i didn't tell you this before before we chatted uh there is another race to to announce not announce to talk about noosa triathlon in australia oh, yes back again another event that was you know obviously hampered with with covid was back to full strength ashley gentle ninth win eighth in a row of Noosa, she is the queen. She looked ridiculously good as she always does at the moment, or she has done this year. And then, from what I saw, went straight. And you know, everyone says, "Oh, but if she was racing in Noosa that weekend, why couldn't she have done like seventy point three?" Well, she went to her wedding. Well, because yeah. the yeah. next day she was on a Hindu already, because her wedding is like I think this weekend. So, you know, big trip to do to go to seventy point three worlds, and also like, like if you are an eight. If you've won Noosa eight times right. already, why would you not try and win that for the ninth time? And hey, she's young enough; she can come back and crush seventy point three worlds, which won't be the same weekend next year. But yeah, well, and Emily, Amelia, I will say Amelia Watkinson, who took it to Ash, led for a lot of the bike and uh, a lot of the run before Ash just effortless, effortlessly, as she does, run past. Um, and it was great to see Amelia back because she has been struggling with injury pretty much all year. Right. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, I just want to... Have you ever been to the new Sajai? Yes, I've never been to it. It's amazing. Yeah. It's, again, one of those other... It's, I think it's the biggest... It's the biggest triathlon it's the biggest, in the yeah. Southern Hemisphere because I think London triathlon might be bigger. But hmm. I don't know. But it's a festival week. They have a crit race, which is the legit top cyclists racing. They have an ASICS 5K vault, which, again, top runners in the country... They have a Legends try, which is like the celebrities come and do a, a swim, bike, run relay. Um, there's like um, there's an ocean water swim race. There's breakfast runs for charity. I think there's golf days on it as well. And then you have the triathlon on the Sunday with the pros racing first and then like ridiculous number of age groupers in Noosa, in the sunshine. Everyone piles into like the surf club afterwards. And then also it's... Um, normally melbourne cup day on tuesday oh. which is obviously a, na- a big national race uh, horse racing in that is not obvious no it's no. not um a big mm. uh, holiday for victoria the state where melbourne is on the tuesday but now the whole of australia just celebrates it so everyone sort of goes from new to triathlon just extends and rolls into tuesday <laughs> and then yeah no it's a great event i would like definitely if you could ever get down there uh, just again, another awesome, awesome week-long festivals. And actually, they had live stream as well, Amazing. which was pretty good. Yeah. yeah, it's like I think of it as the biggest race Americans don't know about. Yeah, so. yeah, you're probably right. And it's Olympic. I mean, it's Olympic distance, um, <laughs> but that's perfect because you're over by breakfast, kind of thing. Like, yeah. yeah. Chicago Triathlon used to be the biggest Olympic distance race in the world. Like, probably participants. Yeah. It was like eight thousand participants. Yeah. Um, I don't think it is anymore because they got rid of the pro race, and it's not. You yeah, know, it just isn't as. But that was crazy. It would take so long to run yeah. through transition. Well, so, so long. <laughs> in Noosa, like, because the pro, you know, for Olympic distance, the pros are taking like 145, one, fifth, one hour 50. Yeah. They, in I think it might, it probably was still the same this year, but the pros have finished and some people haven't even started the swim because right. it's like that right. many people and that, that big. So, so yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I am uh, racing New York Marathon this weekend, which is one of the, largest races in the world at 55,000 people and that's um, on my bucket list. there are a couple that are bigger yeah so it's so large and again like we were saying this is the year where like things are actually but like yes some things were back last year but now things are so it's last year they did in New York but it was like half the size so this year it's fully 55,000 people and yes it takes like two hours to get everyone across the start. 
So f- interesting, though, and I'm going to do a Q&A with him for triathlonish on the website, but I was talking to the premier crowd scientist in the world who works with these big events to, like, plot out the algorithms for, like, how you space everyone out, and they run, like, they isn't, run models to see. Isn't that yeah. a freaking cool, the, the like, the crowd scientist? Like, what do you do? I'm a crowd scientist. I just go to events, study, like, how we get everyone through the start line. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. He uh he's based out of Manchester. He said Manchester, Manchester in the UK. I was gonna say, is Ma- the Hollywood- I was gonna say Manchester UK or Manchester. Yeah, yeah. UK. Apparently Manchester is the Hollywood of crowd science. Oh my gosh. I never knew that about Manchester. <laughs> Manchester's like I spent many a years running track in Manchester and I worked just outside of Manchester. Never knew it was gonna be the premier about anything. <laughs> it is a great city. There you it go. is a great city. Uh but yeah, wow. It's like the, the, hot, so, the hotbed of crowd science. Who knew? So anyway, I'm going to do a Q&A with him. And we will. And the other thing this weekend is uh, WTCS Bermuda. So we will come back next weekend to see how the Norwegians recovered. <laughs> Basically. <Done. laughs>